we know you're supposed to save money to get rich or to build wealth or whatever, but we spend money to feel rich. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk, and I'm with Matt Dowd, and we are Renegade Atlas, charting a new path for your life. So we are continuing. This is part three in our Created to be Wealthy series. And today, I think Matt has a whole thing on myths about wealth, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Let's talk about money mindset myths. Okay. Money mindset myths. Money mindset myths, yeah. Wow. Just stuff that, like, the I don't know if it's common wisdom or things that we've been taught, stuff that floats around out there. Sure. You know, there's a lot of them, I think, that we can get to, uh, but that aren't helpful. You know, they're actually, they can hold us back. Um, or put us in a, a bad position to think about how we think about money. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, just now, when you said that, I had like three things just like flash, round two, three, right okay. in front of my. All it's right. like, yeah. I remember something that my grandpa said. He's like, you know, make sure make sure you open a good savings account. Of course, that was back in the seventies. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And today. Uh -huh. Having a savings account, I'm not saying it's not good to have a savings account, but right. it's not going to make you money. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. Not very fast anyway, huh? Uh, yeah, you actually <laughs> lose money compared to inflation. That's true, yeah, very true. I know, I mean, what was it in the 80s or something when you could have 14% interest on a savings account, yeah, something yeah. like that? I mean, I was of not course really old enough to... Yeah, but your mortgage was also 17%. <clears throat> well, sure, Int interest rates are relative. That's yeah. a whole interesting topic. But anyway, yeah, it's not... Yeah, the, today's world's a little different. It is a lot different. What were the other ones? Um, so there was that one, and then the other one was that uh, if you uh, if you don't have the right uh, insurance, your family will not make it. Okay. 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 Which yeah, I, I, I can again. There's all relative terms, but I remember that uh -huh. being said by this uh, investor guy uh, I heard back in 1989. Uh huh. Okay. Right. And. And then what the the third one was um, if you don't have enough you'll never have enough. Hmm. That was an uh, I heard that in I think it was 1992 or three, um, and I remember the year or I remember the moment because it was right before I was about to enroll in chiropractic college. Uh, and uh, if you don't have enough you'll never or you don't make enough you'll never have enough. Or I can't remember the exact phrasing, huh. but it was a very fear based mentality. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is what's the emotion that all those are rooted in? Or right. they come from? Yeah, right? it's all just, fear. Yeah, totally. Or, or yeah, and even if they're well meaning, you know, right, it's still fear based. Okay, so that brings me to one that I had written down, which is, like, how do we define the word worry? How do you define if you actually thought about it when we use that word in regular English? If I said to you, I'm just not going to worry about money anymore. What what is what do you hear me actually saying? That you well, I hear you saying that you don't care about it. Yeah, like I'm not even going to think about it. Like it sounds irresponsible. Right. 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 I think that's how. But I mean, if you take well, if you take like the Bible for example, where Jesus is saying, "Don't worry about money." It sounds stupid <laughs> when you think about it in if our definition of worry yeah. yeah is actually like well don't even think about it at all it's not a concern you know right just do whatever you want and it'll be fine it's, yeah it's kind of like you know, this lazy fair attitude you yeah, know yeah oh whatever you know case sera, sera whatever will be will be right i feel like doris day now yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> but but you see what i'm saying i think that like the even just thinking about how we define that one little word 
Make, makes it, a huge difference. It sure does. Because if we thought of worry as like our our fearful thoughts and anxiety and making what happens with our money the most important thing that defines how our life turns out. <laughs> right. Then, you know, then it's good not to worry about it like that. Sure. It doesn't mean not to think about it, not to plan, not to, you know, take care in what you do. So what is responsible? So then we should maybe define what worry is. Worry is the active process of ruminating on something you cannot control at that time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's just off the cuff definition yeah. I had here. But Some Webster's. That's <laughs> Chad, pretty Chadster's. Official. Yeah. Chadster's <laughs> definition. Uh, I like it. But it's the active process of ruminating on a, on something that you have no control of at that time. Mm. You can't even influence the outcome of it. Yeah. So we get fixated. Essentially. Yes. Very much so. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then and the thing about it is it's not helpful. That's the other thing. I think that um, there's this. Again, these are like can be unconscious thought processes, right? It's kind of what's deeply rooted. But um, we think it's prudent to worry about money. Actually, you know that. I mean, if I'm you mean the the what a lot of people think it's right, an important like the thing common, to do. The common, yeah, I think that it's out there. That like it's it's good actually. Like it's helpful. Like we need to. We're supposed to. Well, if we I, don't, we're gonna uh, disaster is gonna befall. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting you say that because. Um, a lot of people who have made poor financial choices and they're looking for solutions can often overreact to the point where money becomes their, like eliminating debt or other things becomes the God of their choices and decisions. Right. Right. And I've seen that a lot. I've seen that with patients in the last probably Mm -hmm. year or two, a whole lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll go through a very important process and perhaps a plan or a structure or a class, right? Trying to get things in line, but then they become. Yeah. I see that in people handling their health too, but we'll cover that in a few yep. months, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. No, exactly. It it sort of ascends to the place of highest authority or power in our lives, and we're bowing down to that. Yeah. And then it, it it's not just like that. That's bad to do because you know it replaces God. It is, it is bad to do because it replaces God, but it's also bad because it has a negative outcome. Like it doesn't work out very well. So why don't you practically tell, speaking? Yeah. Why don't you tell us what happens in the brain or not necessarily, <laughs> in, but what happens in, on the balance sheet? I'll ask you that. Okay. Yeah. Um, when people uh-huh. make worrying about money, their focus. Yeah. That's a good question. I think that they'll number one, they'll probably miss opportunities. Okay. Right. Too focused on maybe, you know, something like eliminating debt or just too mired in it. Um, People will react different ways depending on their personality and their wiring. Okay. Okay. Some people might just kind of throw their hands up and want to hide from it. Yeah. Right. And so let's continue what they're doing and ignore it. But but it's like eyes down kind of inward, you know, just not looking around for opportunity. So just closed off. Okay. So they become myopic on that one goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or just, um, just, I'm thinking even just sort of shut down in general, like where they're not, you know, because it's this, it's this thing out there and they don't want to deal with it. It's scary to deal with or hard to deal with. And so just get a little, um, yeah, a little closed off to what's going on around them. Okay. So maybe an opportunity would be missed. Okay. Um, another person might, Actually, and this is probably my tendency is to go 
just say screw it and go spend more money that yeah. I don't even have. Yeah. Because um, here's something I always like to tell my uh, clients when I was doing financial advising is that we know you're supposed to save money to get rich or to build wealth or whatever, but we spend money to feel rich. Yeah. So the spending of money makes you feel like you're in control. So when we feel out of control or like we're being, you know, under the under the oppression of our financial situation, some people will go spend to try to alleviate how we feel. It's kind of like an alcoholic maybe like drinking to to get away from it, you know. Sure. It's the spending spendaholic, shopaholic sure. type. Sure. Of okay. Okay. Um what else? Um not sure. That's kind of the two big ones. It's kind of the uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. Gotcha. You know, either, to, either to focus on it completely or to shut it out as much as possible. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so when you were doing financial planning, did you see this a lot with people? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Totally. I mean, that's why they came yeah. to you, I yeah, assume. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. For a lot of different reasons. But I mean, um, yeah, trying to get a hold on it. We, I would always have the conversation with people about, their experience with money, including how they feel about it, like how well they felt they had been doing. Most people didn't feel like they'd been doing very well. Sure. Even people who actually were doing pretty well didn't necessarily feel like they were doing very well. And people who really weren't doing very well definitely didn't feel like they were doing very well. You know, um, almost no one had a balanced setup. And the balance uh, that we're, I'm talking about, I'm going to go into more detail on, on, um, in our premium content that uh-huh. we start creating. Sure. You know, I'm going to make some things available through their website here for our subscribers. Yeah. Um, that's Would, something that's coming down the pipe here. But Yeah. In fact, for just a second, can we talk yeah. about that? Sure. That's going to be one of the cool things. We're going to be releasing content all throughout the year for that's premium content for our, our monthly subscribers. So everybody's going to get the, the, the regular podcast. That's available yeah. for anyone. We want you to share that. But then for those people who want some deeper content that goes into a whole new level, we're going to be offering special stuff mm-hmm. and perhaps some direct um, interactions with us and through some cool social media platforms and, and just content that is so different than what we do daily. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah well, I'm excited about it. Um, but so to get back to this idea of balance, just to give you a general idea, basically we had f- kind of four categories that we looked at when we would look at a person's income, like their cash flow sure. and what would happen with their money. Right. And it was first, what is going towards wealth building, saving, you know, money that you keep and that continues to work for you. There was money that went towards the protection concerns. So we split that off into its own category. So all the insurances um, and estate planning and all those types of things that are, you know, uh, creating a structure for, to combat the bad things that can happen. Yeah. Injuries and deaths and illnesses and losses of jobs and and that kind of stuff. Right. So there was a protection domain. Um, Then there was debt and tax. So sort of like the fixed expenses that go out based on our debt situation, based on our, you know, tax situation, that type of stuff. And then there was lifestyle and spending and what we just use our disposable income for. And invariably, There were really low on the first two, like savings and protection were super low and debt taxes and lifestyle spending were super high. I would say, if not every person that I ever talked to, almost every person that I ever sat down with 
when we did the analysis. Yeah, I believe you. Way heavy on that side. And our work then was to start to correct it, you know, and to start to see where we could eliminate or be more efficient in those areas that were out of control, you know, or were too high and to start directing money intentionally towards those other concerns that were more, they were less um, like gratifying in the moment, Yep. you know, um, they didn't feel like, you know, if you stop paying off a debt, you know, you might feel like you're doing something wrong, but if you're doing it in order to save some more money or, you know, put some protection in place that you really need, it can be good, you know, or if you stop spending on just what you want to do today, <laughs> you know, that also feels like a loss. Saving money is like, it feels like a, like a bit painful, like a bad word, you know? It feels like you're actually losing money. It's so funny. It's the exact opposite of what's actually happening. But to put money aside that you aren't going to spend, for many people, I would say for most people, that actually feels like losing. Yeah. When you get down to how it affects you, you emotionally. Yeah. You know, not logically. You logically look at it, well, I didn't spend it. I kept it. I saved it. You know, <laughs> but it actually feels the opposite. That's why I think I think that's why people don't do it. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And Another, I think if we're yeah. honest, everybody look in the mirror; they're going to feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. At least, yeah, or a lot. I totally. I mean, some aspects of this anyway. I know yeah. I have gone through it. You know, another. I mean, that, how about that word "save"? I think that is just like another one of those little hidden things. I think most people, if you surveyed people or it's, again, it's not what you would necessarily say you think, but it's how we actually th- behave and feel. Sure. Right? Saving is like if I buy something and spend 20 bucks instead of 25 bucks, I saved five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. You spent $20. Right. <laughs> you right, know, right. That, but that's how the word has been defined. And that's, I think that's, you know, just marketing and advertising has done that to us. So if, if, do you know a different <laughs> word that people could maybe replace the word save with? We used to talk about creating like a wealth building account. There you go. You know, like, yeah. And in, again, in my whole, um, my cash flow map and the things we're going right. to be doing on premium content, I'm going to show how you can start directing money to things that you own assets that actually work for you, that you keep, that you have control over versus all the other places the money goes where it just leaves you. Right. And so we would, once I would show people that and they would, it would start to trigger, um, I think I'm not a scientist on this stuff, but I think what it would do is actually make them aware of how much they were helping themselves and help them actually fall in love with saving. So they would get the little dopamine response or whatever it is that makes you have a tangible good feeling for doing something that's actually good for yourself, you know, with regard to money. And it would make them want to do these things instead of want to avoid them because they felt painful. Yeah. It was like a flip. Yeah. And, um, I believe that there's some app that's come out recently where it allows like people who are um, millennials or whatever, not millennials, but like Gen X, I don't know, some Mm -hmm. younger people. And uh, (laughs) what they do is the more money they put away, it plays it out as like a game. Oh, right. So there's like these meters that show like progress meters. Yeah. Oh, I got to find that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and so it's very much... uh, Yep. app-driven, like gaming-focused, rewards-based system based on these little things that they often see in their video games. Yeah, and that's a great way to do it. That is a proven gamification, I believe, is like a proven method in any area that you want to improve to yeah. show the result 
I mean, people go hours and hours on a video game just to reach that next level when there's no other re- reward. There is except no for other reaching reward. the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about. <laughs> yeah, I see that in my you. son. My goodness. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing games. And he's like, Dad, I leveled up today. So what difference does that make in your life? Well, I leveled up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um. Okay, so how about this one? Well, let's see. There's a couple of good ones to choose from. How about since we're talking about, you know, saving and where we direct money and how we're channeling our cash flow and that type of thing, how about the idea that debt is bad? Okay. Okay, so how about I play the the person okay. claiming debt is bad? Okay, yeah. Okay, Matt, if you have debt, um, you're, not, you're not being a good steward of your money. Uh-huh. You, um, you're in debt to somebody else, so you're not free. You're a bond servant to them right. until you get it right. paid off, and you better hurry up and get it paid off because, you know, any money you have, you don't really have because you're underwater with that. Right. You know, you right. just you're just not good enough. Isn't that what's said? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you might even be sinful. Yeah, potentially. Oh, you are because yeah. you should not have borrowed that money to begin with. Yeah. Did you really need it? Because it's why yeah. did you borrow that money? Why didn't you yeah. just save your money until you could afford it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Isn't that what's said? Yeah. And that's what's conveyed for sure, even if it's not said. I think it is said also, but it's definitely the the connotation, right? What gets the feeling that gets transferred? Okay, so uh, some questions. Go for it. <laughs> what? Uh, and you're not. No, we're not doing a specific role play here. But like the questions would be, okay, well, what is the debt? Like, what did you use it for? Right. Okay. Number let's, one. Okay. Let's say I used it to. We'll give three scenarios, okay? I bought a car, I bought a house, and I bought um, a vacation. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, now, again, I'm going to have to reference the, a thing called the balance sheet, right? So, yep. if your debt is on the liability side, what's on your asset side? And what is that asset doing for you? Also, what is the, the nature and the structure of your debt, Right. What's, how long does it last? What's the interest rate? And most importantly to me, what's your monthly payment? How big of a bite is it taken out of your monthly cash flow? Okay. Okay. So there's all these things to consider. So in the case of the car, all right? All right. Um, that could be, let's not get way too in the weeds here, right? That could be a $100,000 Mercedes or it could be a $15,000 Hyundai. Yeah. Right. There's kind of a big difference there. So that's one question. Do you really need the car that you bought, right? And what is the payment and all that stuff? Um, But regardless, you do have an asset that is the vehicle. Whichever car you bought, you have an asset. And and it's doing some things for you. It's helping you get around, probably helping you get to work, you know, probably helping you pick up your kids and take them to soccer practice and whatever. Um, It also has a value. Most likely the value of the car is going down. Okay, so it's a depreciating asset, right? That's not great. But at the same time, you're getting value from it, right? So then the question would be, how expensive was the car? How good or bad is your loan in terms of, you know, did they screw you over on interest rate sure. or, you know, the payment, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but all in all, it's probably not a bad, quote unquote, bad decision. Right. You know, in terms Unless of- Unless it's or one or of those crazy debt. circumstances. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But again, we're not trying to judge things here, but it's it's a reasonable thing to do, right? Um, Okay, your house. You bought a house. Again, there's all the specifics. You know, did you pay too much? Did you blah, blah, blah? What kind of loan do you have? But generally speaking, you have, uh, you know, a loan that's spread out over a long period of time, low interest rate, 
it's a tax deductible interest payment, right? So it's right. actually, it's impacting you even less than what you're actually paying. Um, and the payment is probably, you couldn't have qualified for it without having the income to do it. Okay, so that's debatable sort of conversation, but most likely it's within you know the range of what you should be or you know can reasonably be spending. And then on the other side, you have the house. And generally speaking, again, this is general terms, but generally speaking, houses go up in value, okay, over the long Certainly haul. Certainly anyway. long haul, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, right. We've seen, you know, 10 years ago, kind right. of had a different deal. But generally speaking, you have an appreciating asset, okay? Um, and, of course, all the lifestyle benefit of having a home. <laughs> you know, there's a whole bunch of good about that and the home that you own that you can do what right. you want with and right. you know, all that kind of stuff. So generally speaking, a house is a great purchase and not a debt that I would be immediately concerned with trying to get rid of. Okay. That's again, case by case basis, but talking generally speaking. Okay. Then you have the vacation. Okay. If you have, if the liability is you spent 10 grand or something that you didn't really have. So you have a $10,000 balance let's say great vacation, <laughs> right? Amazing. Yeah. You should have been Even there. if it's 5,000 or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, you should have been there. What do you have on the asset side to counterbalance the debt? Oh, Matt, I've got memories. Right. Memories. Exactly. Which are great. And I'm a huge fan of, you know, living your life today and doing things with your family or friends or whatever and enjoying life, you know, definitely. However, when you're talking finances, what you have there is, I, I guess, like an empty debt because there's no tangible financial asset on the other side that has any chance of recovering that value, like going up in value or making you more money or any any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't take the experiences of your vacation to the pawn shop and even pawn it. Yeah, right, exactly. There's <laughs> zero, right, exactly. You know. So you have your memories, which is good. Anyway, so the whole point of this whole conversation, I think, is to not just make blanket statements about debt because there's a whole other subset, which is using it for a business venture or using it to create an asset that will appreciate maybe earn more money or create income for you, you know, or allow you to open a business that's going to be revenue generating and right. Employ people, all this kind of stuff, provide sure. a service. So, um, yeah. So I just, I personally rebel against the idea that just blanketly debt is bad. Right. Yeah. Now, if we were to kind of categorize, if, as you were talking in my brain, I was just trying to categorize, um, if you're taking out debt for a home, that generally speaking is good debt. If you're taking out for a, a loan for a car, that's not necessarily bad. Maybe it's a neutral debt. It, it mm -hmm. acts as a vehicle. Oh, a car acts as a vehicle to get you what you to do yeah. what you need to do in life. Right. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just what it is. But debt you take on for experiences, just for the experience, mm -hmm. may most likely fall into a. It's a challenge. It's more challenging to justify that. Yeah, that's one of the times where I might say you're better off to save up for a few yeah. months and then do it. You know, and just pay the cash. Yeah. But anyway, I think, and that's good. Like, that's those are good types of things to think about. Um, okay. You know, how you're going to, when you're going to use debt, what you're going to use it for, what it's going to produce for you. Uh, the other big one would be student debt, right? Okay. And that's another one of those ones where I think there's not enough financial analysis done. Yes. Like on the ROI, the return on your investment of taking out student loans, or even, even if you're going to pay cash for it, right? Like if your parents got a bunch of money or whatever, and they're going to, pay pay for it like what is the return on that investment right. in terms of your marketability and your employability and what kind of income you're going to expect and what kind of career trajectory that's going to get you you know um 
I think that's an important thing to factor in. Yes. Okay, not to make it the only factor, yeah. but not to exclude it, which I think is done way more often. So here's the question then. How does a person who's listening to this, and perhaps they're feeling incredibly guilty about debt they have, mm-hmm. how do they begin to set their brain right on this or their heart right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends on, like, are we going to talk about turning to the scriptures, you know, and turning oh. into faith? <laughs> There's... That's a huge element of it, you know? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people living under an emotional oppression mm-hmm. from how they feel about their debt. Yeah. And what the others, yeah. their MFTPs, as I've used that term in the past, right. things that they've learned from their mother, father, teacher, preacher, that may be good in some respects, but isn't a blanket statement that's always appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so they they, they wake up or they're, they, they have anxiety over the debt that they're carrying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think no matter if we're, we're going to bring faith into it or not, um, the idea of sitting down and doing the little truth exchange that we've talked about before. Okay, what are my actual beliefs and are they based in the truth or are they based in half-truths or lies, things that aren't necessarily true, right? So like if I believe that debt is bad, is that actually true? Or is it a kind of a mistaken belief that's guiding my whole thinking, right? Or if I believed, here's another one we haven't talked about yet. If I, what if I believe that everyone who is wealthy or is rich or has money must have to be greedy and they must have had to like step on some other people to get to where they're at? What if that's my actual underlying belief? Am I very likely to succeed financially? <laughs> That type of person is probably going to do self-sabotaging things, even unconsciously, to keep themselves in their cycle of being broke. Yeah. Because their belief is that wealth is bad or wealthy people are bad. And that's going to steer and guide away from that. Absolutely. Subconsciously, even. Yeah. You know? So I think I think the big first step is to get real with yourself, right? Like look in the mirror and... <laughs> be honest about what it is that's guiding and directing your thinking and beliefs on all of, all of this stuff. Yeah, get to the and I think it's I think it's very important <laughs> to get some good counseling in this area. You can't just do it all. I mean, you can. Yep, you yep. can work hard and figure it all out on your own. Huge amount of investment. Then you can just go seek some people out who have Oh, right. A, a, a responsible way of looking at these things and address it properly. That's true. That was going to be my, maybe my next thought is um, read some books, you know, yeah. uh, or read some <clears throat> biographies of people who have gone from, you know, maybe some poverty or difficulty into financial success and see what they learned along the way. Opening your mind up essentially to that there are different points of view and that your current circumstances don't dictate your future. Exactly. All these type of things, you know, those are the patterns that we get stuck in. Yeah. Should we talk about... Um, the people helping us. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say we we've got at this is I think a really seminal moment here for us in our podcast when when we have um, a company who's willing to believe in what we do mm-hmm. and say we're going to not only just make a great product available for your listeners, but we're going to financially support the the work you're doing. Right, and yeah. that that really comes down to Dave and Christy Fafara who own. Shenandoah Joe. 
amazing people and an amazing coffee. Yeah, amazing coffee. Um, I really want you to think about giving them a call or going online. Go to shenandoahjoe.com and ordering some coffee from them. They're going to be yeah. producing a special blend, uh, a renegade roast blend, just for this show that we'll be featuring probably next month. <laughs> um, Dave's sending us some samples to so we can nail down the exact beans ratio. <laughs> Flavor profile. That. That Flavor want. profile that we want, yeah. yeah. That, that adequately reflects charting a new path <laughs> for your <laughs> life. But... Um, but they are they're they're doing they're going out of their way to support the things that we're doing and we appreciate that and we want mm-hmm. you to support them. Right. So if if you like coffee and you're a coffee person, yeah, I, I can tell you this: Dave roasts every single batch of coffee. He blends mm-hmm. every single bit, yeah. every bean that comes out of the place. He's he's done. And it's an amazing process. I used to stand there and watch individually. him. Yeah, individually. He he takes bean care by of bean. it. And they will ship anywhere in the anywhere in the world, I would imagine. But um, yeah, give them a call. Give go to their website, Shenandoahjoe.com. Let them know you heard about us on Renegade Atlas. Yep. Um, we will soon have links and everything available for it. But it's absolutely something you need to do. Yeah. And they have a whole bunch of different flavors, oh, right? Uh, but this is like coffee drinkers coffee. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can you can get whole bean, you can get whole bean or grounds. Yeah. I, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's a bunch of things, you know, a bunch of different types to choose from. Oh, but yeah. what I've had, it's been delicious. Yeah. There's oh. single origin. There's blends, and he again, he roasts all of it, and he actually yeah. vis- goes out and visits these growers around the world. So, um, yep. That's one of the ways that you and I yeah. are working on created to be wealthy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a team game, you know. I think that's another one is that, like, I'm in this alone in terms of money. I think a lot of people feel that way. It's on me, you know. Oh, it's this huge weight. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to uh, to get out from under that weight, you know. Yeah. One is get with somebody else who will at least help you or give you a different perspective, whether it's like an actual advisor um, not all financial advisors are created equal. I will tell you that, you yeah, know, so yeah, yeah um, you want to choose wisely um, and you want to, yeah, I, I wish there was a really concrete way of choosing wisely, but look for someone who's interested in your well-being and not in their well-being. That'd wow. be the first thing to look at. That's so true. A lot of them out there are just interested in their well-being and they're going to do kind of, un, you know, uniform answers for everybody and just slap yeah. you into stuff. And it's, you want somebody who's going to pay attention um, you know, to you as a person and your yeah. needs and, and maybe even be okay with you doing things that are outside of their scope because people try to sell you what they got, you know? Right. Okay. So yeah. So get some help or just, you know, a mentor or friends who are doing well, you know, start to talk to people who are doing well and find out what they're doing. Yeah. You know, read books. I could recommend a ton of them. Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a great one to start with. Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki, just for base, you know, ground level mindset understanding read that book yeah it'll help um what else would you say well i I was gonna say that i I think we need to talk just for a moment at least about the idea that um wealth is bad and that uh in in our culture we have a lot of people now saying that even capitalism is bad Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and that uh people who have money are evil or bad and i think that idea we, we just need to kind of address that head on Sure. Yeah, totally. So let me do a Q&A with you real quick on this. Okay. Is wealth 
bad. <laughs> no, wealth is neutral. Yeah, it's money, not good money or bad. Money is amoral. And I think the phrase that really helps with that is that money makes you more of who you are. There you go. You know? So, yeah, a jerk gets rich. They're going to be a rich jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, you know, and the golden rule, like he, who, he or she who has the gold makes the rules. That's pretty true in society. Like, it does play out that way. So if, you know, their moral character will show through and you're going to see the good and the bad, but don't just um, throw, oh man, I'm using a whole lot of cliches here, but don't throw out the whole bushel just because of one bad apple or even yeah. several bad apples, right? I mean, you, you can look around and see abuse of power via money. Sure. That's definitely out there. Yeah. But you can also see some pretty awesome things being done by people with a lot of money. Um, so, you know, just... I don't know. Maybe it's just not the best way to judge. Not don't isolate having wealth as like the only thing that determines. Okay, then I'm going to ask you this question: Is capitalism bad? Um, well, I think any system in its ideal ideally can be good, right? Like socialism, or even dare I say, communism as an ideal, it it's, could be good. You know, like if it actually played out the way that it was supposed to. So capitalism ideally is could be really good because it's um people are inherently it's basically built on the idea that if you take to take care of yourself you have to take care of other people but that you were motivated to take care of ourselves so if we're free to go out and do things to you know to improve our own situation or provide for ourselves and our families then what capitalism allows us to do is create a product or good or a service that benefits other people that gets us where we need to go ourselves. So it's supposed to be this mutually beneficial type of system that's free enterprise and allows people to, people who put in more effort, you know, and are smarter about it to do better. And then right. it could, like with every system, yeah. um, it becomes corrupted. Well, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no system is functioning right. like it's like it is supposed right. to down on paper, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's more of the problem than that the system itself is bad, right. I would say. Okay. Um, what about, um, I can't think of another, I had another question. I can't mm -hmm. remember it right now, but, yeah. um, what does the Bible say about money though? Huh. I mean, it talks about money more than anything yeah, else exactly. almost. Right. Yep. So it says a whole lot about money, but is there kind mm -hmm. of an overarching theme that emerges from scripture? I, funny you should ask that. I've actually looked into that quite a bit, you know, over the last several months. I started to sort of pay attention to that as as I would come across it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and what I wanted to get was a feel for exactly that. What does the Bible say overarching, like, you know, in general, or the big themes? The biggest theme that came out of it for me was that God really loves us and will provide our needs for us. He's there to do that. He's already provided it just by giving us the earth and all the abundance on the earth. Um, but, but yeah, even more specifically, like, and especially when we start to follow him, when we turn towards him and, you know, start to rely on him and trust him, then he starts to... Um, well, he, we, maybe it's just that we become more aware of it, but we become aware of how much he is taking care of us. So what does that mean? Th there's a big gap that just happened. 
mm-hmm. between what we talked about uh, for the first 30 minutes of the show and what we just said or okay. what you just said. Okay. And the gap is that I think is easy to cross, but we need to cross it for everybody. Yeah. We talked the whole first part about our responsibility with money. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you just said something very different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just said God's responsibility back to us to provide for us. Mm-hmm. Who's the provider then? Yeah, right, right, exactly. So that's the thing is like, where does the burden of provision fall? It's not that we're not supposed to be good stewards or pay attention to what we're doing with money. Or even there's the verse that says you cannot serve two masters. Either you will love the one and hate the other or despise the one and love the other, right? Flip flop, one or the other. And the two are God and money. I think I talked about it in the first episode of this series, that whole kind of the vision of, you know, the mammon and God and asking questions and which one I listened to is the one that I was serving. Well, so one one little thought I've had about that is if I'm serving God, then where does, and so that puts God above me, where does that put money in a hierarchy? It puts it below me. Money becomes my servant and I am God's servant. So therefore by what's the the transitive property or whatever money is God's servant. So God can use me and I can use money for his purposes for the kingdom, right? And but that also means that I have some responsibility to pay attention to what I'm doing with it. But I'm not a slave to money. So I just had a visual kind of strike and that would be somebody holding the idea of money or wealth above their head uh-huh. and it separates them from God. Yeah, yeah. It comes in between it. Totally. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then and what, it's heavy. It's yeah, a it's a major burden. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how much is in there. You know, I yep. can hold a hundred pounds for, you know, five minutes above my head. Uh-huh. I can also hold a quarter for two hours above my head. Guess what? Right. I'm it's gonna get exhausted. Still tiring. <laughs> I'm gonna get exhausted doing totally. both. Totally. Yeah. That's great, actually, because like I've even it's I can't do it on a podcast, but you know the like where does the burden fall? Feeling like we are have all the responsibility for our financial lives puts a big burden on us, and it'll wear us out. It'll break us down, you know. Whereas taking that off and putting it underneath us, we can stand on it. We can stand on it exactly. So like we can create a framework where money is working for us and it's part of what supports us, even though God is our ultimate resource, right? Right. We can actually, um, yeah, we can, by learning to manage and control money, you know, and our thinking about it, um, it can become a big asset for us and not just the finance, you know, not just financially, but emotionally and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a help. This, this, I think, is a really important thing. Who is your provider? Are you your provider? Is the husband the provider in the home? Is the wife the provider in the home? If you're a single parent, are you the provider? If you're a single and all alone, are you your own provider? Mm-hmm. You know, who's the provider? And what does that really mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, where, like, I think the question is where, what do you ultimately rely on? Right. You know, what is your hope built on? Like, if you lose your job tomorrow, are you, is your life just completely devastated, right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe too much of your hope was placed in your job yeah. and your paycheck. Like that right? became your security. I'm not saying it's just a good thing and it's, oh, it's easy. Oh, fine. Ha ha, whatever. No. I just lost my job. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not like that. That's, it's, we're not trying to swing the pendulum all the way the other way. Right. Right. It's more like, let's find the center. 
you know, where, yeah, my job's important. Yeah, my, the money I make is important, but it's not the most important. So if, let's say somebody, maybe this could be hitting somebody right between the eyes right now with this idea. Okay. They're mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, wait a minute. You're saying I'm not my provider. Yeah. You know, right. what, what are you talking about? And they, they, there's something deep in their heart that's like crumbling. Uh-huh. Yeah. They know it's true. They know what we're saying is true, but they don't know how to resolve it. Right. How do they go about that process? Mm. Well, I think one of the things is to go and actually read what scripture says about who God is to you. Mm. Yeah. You know, who is he to you and who are you to him? It's a two way street. Right. Right. Um, Okay. Read Matthew six, read Romans (laughs) eight. Yeah. Um, Read Psalm 139. You know, um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, but those are some that you can always go back to. I'll I'll tell you what, in our Genesis one and two, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, you are made in God's image. We are part of his holy and heavenly kingdom. If we know him and if we do, if we are, we, we have so much more freedom in that life mm-hmm. than we could ever have mm-hmm. yeah any other way yeah for sure yeah where those circumstances like losing a job or you know health issue or financial struggles or anything it doesn't have to um erode the whole fabric of our lives right it right. doesn't have to pull the rug completely out from under us yeah we're going to face difficulty. I'm not trying to sit here and say that, like, follow God and you won't have difficulty. <laughs> it's more like how that difficulty will affect you. Right. You know, how much power it will have over you. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't have to have the ultimate power. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you really see that in people who are both trying to find success and how they will fight and claw to get to the next stage or next thing in life. And you also find it people who are trying to emerge who, who don't have success, but they're just beaten down and they're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And how do they feel and function and, and their, even their attitudes with people they're around, how does that play out? Right. You know? Right. Oh. Right. And I can just, I'm, I'm remembering times in my life where it's been so hard and how much responsibility I would put on my shoulders for making yeah. ends meet yeah, or finding yeah. success yeah. or yeah. getting by. I carried stress. Yeah. I did all that as we go back to what we talked about earlier, worry. Right. Oh, you, yeah. You, you know, there's one thing you – this is kind of a heavy point in the conversation, but I think there's absolutely one area where you don't have to worry, mm. and that is if you need to sell your home. Or if you want to buy a home, because we have a great opportunity for you. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) And it is top agent referral. So if you've been out there and you're like, okay, I I don't know a local realtor. I'm moving to a whole new area. Yeah. You know? And you had me go in there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to do something different with my life. I'm moving. I'm being transferred or whatever. We have a resource for you. And it's called Top Agent Referral. And you go to it by simply going to therenegadeatlas.com and scroll down to Top Agent Referral. And what it'll do, it hooks you up with the top 
two agents to the place you're moving to, or say you want to even sell your home, Mm -hmm. it's going to place you with the very top agents in that area. So you can, if you're selling your home, you'll be able to get the most for it because these are the best. And if you're moving somewhere, they're going to advocate for you and they're going to find the best homes that are going to help you move into where you need to be. And this is one area where you can actually alleviate a huge amount of concern and there's no cost for it. Right. This is a free service. Yeah. And again, Top Agent Referral is a great supporter of our show. We love them. We want you to use them. Um, Share that link if you you're getting your hair cut and you have somebody next to you is like, I didn't need yeah. to move and say, Hey, just go to top agent referral doc or, you know, yeah. renegade yeah. Go through our site. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. boom, they're going to hook you up. Exactly. Yeah. These are realtors who are experts. They're, um, you know, they're professional. They're not just any old realtor. They've been vetted by, by this company to make sure that they qualify to be part of this system. You know, and they and they know the area, like they're neighborhood specific, yeah, local, you know, town specific. So they know what they're doing in that local area. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's one thing you can do to yeah. not only help you save money and probably make some money mm-hmm. if you're selling, but take some worry off. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I thought you were gonna go somewhere like real heavy for some reason. I thought you were talking about. I was going uh, real yeah. heavy. Yeah. But you know what? Good They're a great sponsor for our show. There we got to support it. them. Yep. Man, we got good coffee. We got coffee, Shenandoah Joe, yeah. great technology that's easy to use. Yep. You know, we we want you to know this show would um, we would do it whether it was just Matt and I sitting in a room talking to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But um, we really appreciate that's you. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah. Oh, uh, but but <laughs> yeah. but um, we we do have some really amazing. This year is our breakout year, and we already are seeing it happen. Yeah. Um, we've got a new hosting platform, which is really helping us. Um, hmm. uh, yeah. If you haven't checked out the show notes, um, Matt's done a great job of writing out those mm-hmm. show notes, so you can find specific parts of the show. Working on it. Yep. Yeah, and you can go and I mean, it's just share this with your friends. Just so you know, we're getting about a hundred listens a week right now. We would like to see that jump up. We'd like to be about 250 a week. That would be a great thing um, over yeah. the next few months. And then maybe we get a thousand. Yeah, well, that would be Let's awesome. Work towards that, yeah. Yeah, we're working towards that. But um, maybe by the end of February, we can be around 250 a week. Let's all make Good that goal. happen. I like it. Yeah, we're asking for your help. Yeah. And may the Lord bless that. Yes, sir. Well, this is good. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we've covered kind of what I had in mind. Yeah, this is this has been so yeah. good, and I think it's really spoken to a lot of people. We're working our way down from sort of the philosophy and mindset. Um, you know, we're interviewing people a couple times throughout this series, working our way down to you know the more practical and more tangible right um, things as we go. But right. it always has to start with our approach. Yeah, you know where we're at emotionally, spiritually, and mentally when it comes to the, these type of things. So. Yeah, and I think we're gonna have a couple of guests on the next show, right? Yep, next few shows. Yep, yeah, awesome. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Check us out uh, if you need to email us guide at therenegadeatlas.com or the website therenegadeatlas.com like us on Facebook absolutely like and share on Facebook and uh, you are all loved and appreciated have a great day everybody bye bye 